0: This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review, speaking with Ronnie Woodward of the Daily Reflector. Got that right, Ronnie? That's right. Yep. All right. Thank you very much for joining me. We're going to talk some ECU basketball. Uh, first off, how long have you been with the uh, Reflector?
1: Um, man, that's a somewhat loaded question. I started there when I was an intern in college. Uh, so about 12 years uh, full time, more about 10, 10 to 12 range is, I guess, the easiest answer there. But, okay. um, but yeah, dating back uh, for a while, but, but mainly been on the ECU basketball beat full time, uh, here for the last three years, three, four years. Uh, okay. So yeah, done a lot of different things, football and baseball mainly with ECU, but have picked up basketball for sure. Uh, during the Joe Dooley era and the, the last few seasons here.
0: Okay. Well, that leads me to, uh, you brought up coach Dooley these last three or four years. How do you think he's done and his returned back to ECU?
1: Uh, it, it's a, it's a totally different situation. And really I go back to his intro press conference here. I remember asking him, what do you know about the American? Um, and he said, well, when I was here the first time in the nineties, uh, it was the CI or the CAA, um, Colonial. Uh-huh. And at that point before Colonial was kind of had it, its rise after then, but in the nineties, that was a one bid league. It was, Hey, you know, when you're conference tournament, you're going to the NCAAs. That was kind of what they, they did at, at ECU. So that was the ECU. He used to know, but as you know, when he got back here the second time, um, before last season i mean it was uh it's a total it's a four five six maybe big league it's not just a you got to win your conference tournament I mean, you have houston you have wichita state you had connecticut past tense but Mm -hmm. um cincinnati you know i mean it's a, a much different situation so um so he's done good in general you know i mean not necessarily in the league and in wins and losses and um, but he's recruited hard. I mean, he came in, he came in and white sl- slate really on the roster after the first season. Um, added a, a, a ton of Juco, uh, transfers and, and is recruiting and is trying to flip the roster. Cause I think he got here and realized what they had wasn't American quality. Um, okay. and again, it, it's not Conference USA. It's not the CAA, which he was used to in his first run in Greenville. Um, so I, that I think he, it, the good thing about him is he has the longest leash maybe in the league. You know I mean? Okay. If he, because he's won here before he has family ties, to Eastern North Carolina, um, they made this hire expecting it to be a long-term deal. And that's why I think you saw the roster uh, movement and the recruiting and the different things he's, you know, he's done, I think is related to um, just the comfort level they have with him long-term. So again, without just breaking down the wins and losses and saying, oh, it hasn't been great. Um, I think it's part of a bigger plan. And mm-hmm. um, Jaden Gardner has been great. They're, their best players. It's a matter of getting maybe a few of those guys or, or getting enough depth to compete in the league, especially. So um, we'll see how that goes. And I think this is an important year in that process though, for sure. And they got to get, s- turn this into wins at some point in this year. Potentially, depending on how it all plays out, obviously w- would be a, a big year to do that.
0: And he, since you brought up Jaden Gardner, uh he and I, I, I ran into him at uh, Conference Media Day last year. And when I said to him, my last name is Gardner as well. Chris Gardner. He's like, oh, so we don't believe we're related, but we always every so often on Twitter uh joke about being kinfolk. So what's the story about how Jaden ended up at ECU? Because he is he's a heck of a talent, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, I mean, he um like a a lot of kids, or at least some kids in North Carolina, um, he was, and actually, I saw him play in high school. He played in in Greenfield, Ninji's Coliseum in the Eastern Regionals here in high school. Um, but he's from the Wake Forest, Raleigh kind of area. Um, and he's, I think they list him now at six 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 seven, maybe. Um, but he's mm-hmm. more in the the six four six five range, pretty much. Um, so he was a great high school post player basically. Okay. Um, but if you're a six, four, six, five post player, you're not going to Duke. You're not going to UNC or Wake Forest, NC state. Um, so he's an undersized four, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, and that's how he got the ECU. And that's how they've gotten some of those guys who aren't undersized four or a, a center who's seven foot, but maybe really raw, you know, or a point guard that's small, or a shooter that, you know, I think obviously in basketball just the height and the recruiting dynamic in this state, um, you know, I mean it, Jeremy Ingram or not Jeremy Ingram, uh, Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeremy Ingram went to ECU, but Brandon Ingram is from Kinston, uh, obviously the NBA player, he had all the tools. That's a guy where ECU kind of knew from the start, hey, he's probably not coming to ECU, you know, he okay. went to Duke, um. You know, there's some of those guys from the Kinston, East North Carolina area that go to UNC, they go to Duke. The Gardner thing was kind of the opposite is what I'm getting at. He was from Raleigh, got some looks from the ACC, but they weren't willing, I don't think, to to offer and give him a a real serious shot at it. ECU was all about it, and um, it worked out really well. So, and again, he's undersized now, you know, and now the thing is, hey, he's putting up great numbers. He's he's perfect fit for ECU. Can he play in the NBA? And he's probably getting a lot of the same things he's getting out of high school that he's now gonna get from NBA guys. As well, you're not it, obviously a six five NBA post player, you know, so that's just kinda his deal. He's a little unorthodox, he's undersized, but man, he can score, he can rebound, he's an awesome kid, great kid to see him around campus, um, talk to him, um, really good kid. He plays super hard. Um So yeah, he's a great fit for ECU and that's kinda what I referenced earlier that um even though Dooley has a a long term plan and wants to build this up long term, the the window of Jaden Gardner has two seasons left, you know, maybe three or whatever. So there's a balance and that's why I think they need to win while they have Gardner, because I don't know if they'll have a player like him again, you know, or you can't count on having that type of player. He, He could be the the all-time leading scorer by the time that he's done in school history and break a ton of records and um, do a lot of things. So obviously you want to take advantage of that when you have that, that window.
0: Okay. So give me an overview of this roster for the coming season. I've looked at it and the website has, I think 18 players listed and 16 or have classification number, maybe like two that I don't think are walk-ons or what, but, the overall breakdown of the roster. How I many? It's not a lot of uh, freshmen from yeah. what I. So.
1: Yeah, and that plays into. I'm looking at the roster now as well. Here, that plays into what they did before last year with kind of the full JUCO transformation. So you have a lot of seniors on this roster coming mm-hmm. up who were JUCOs last year. You know, junior additions last year. But they also did a decent job spreading it out. Some of the guys they added last year were sophomores. So you have that that junior senior uh, group, uh-huh. it's not your typical, you know, you look at a college basketball roster, oh, man, they have five seniors and six juniors. They've probably played together for four years. Like that, That's definitely not the case with this okay. group. It's really they played together last year because they all came from, uh, you know, a Mississippi college or this junior college or transferred from this other school. Aside from really Jaden Gardner, um, it was him – Plus a lot of other, um, you know, transfer guys that, that came in. So again, it's, even though it's a veteran group in theory, when you look at the classes, it's still a work in progress. And and I think last year was really, um, a lot of that them learning to play together, who does what, that type of thing. Where again, in theory, this year shouldn't, you shouldn't have some of those growing pains. I mean, they got off to a really rough start the first 10, 12 games of last year. And that was because of that. They had some injuries, some preseason stuff. um, But a lot of it w- was, hey, here's 11 new players plus Jaden Gardner. Here's a basketball and go kind of figure it out. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not your ideal scenario for the first month or so of the season. Um And, and basically, it's the same team. You know, it, it's the same guys. Uh They're just hoping that a year of working together and a year more of experience that it'd be a, a smoother product, um, this year, especially early in the season. Like I said, cause it, it, it was a, an experiment, um, the first month or so of, of last season.
0: How has the pandemic impacted ECU, the campus, the city, things like that?
1: Yeah. It's, um, they kind of, in general, they kind of went the, uh, the basketball players came back kind of late summer, mid to late summer. Um, they had one pause, of a university-wide pause for all sports activities. It lasted about a week, maybe a little over a week in late July. Um, they returned from that. Uh, so basketball-wise, they've had some off-season, you know, informal type of conditioning, workouts, small group type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the campus and city at large, uh, they it's weird because athletics kind of got that figured out right before August. And then ECU was one of those where the students came back, all students, you know, on mm-hmm. campus. And they were going to have on in-person class and all that. As you can guess, I've seen elsewhere that lasted, I think a week, if, if that. Okay. Um, and then campus shut back down. Um, most of the student population left. They had to move out of the dorms, uh, minus athletes, you know, you can get a waiver. So if athletes are still here. If you're an international student um different type of things you're mm. still in the dorm but by and large they shut it down for the fall semester went online tried to get most students out of here um and keep the athletes here to create that bubble or whatever you know however you want to describe sure. it um, of, of trying to keep the athletes um here and safe and trying to practice and move forward so um They had great envisions of it working like a lot of other universities. Everybody's going to mix and mingle and you wear your mask and this is going to be fine. And, uh, yeah, it didn't make it a week, um, before that they had to, uh, they had to remix that for sure. And, um, now the athletes, I I assume are, are keeping to each other, but, um, you know, from my vantage point, we don't get access. I mean, we're in, in football mode, football season right now covering that. Um, and I haven't seen a practice. I haven't seen a scrimmage. Yeah. Everything is in Zoom. Um, so, so in general, I can describe that they're trying to keep the teams and the athletes, uh, as safe and as bubble as they can. It's not easy. Obviously, you know, that they test all the time and they've had ups and downs with that with football. Um, so once basketball gets closer and you have games and you start traveling, could end up with the same type of situation, I'm sure, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're trying to get it, uh, as best as they can. And the first step in that was, yeah, about a month, month and a half ago uh, of, of going from online or in-person classes to online and trying to get most of the normal, uh, student population, uh, off of campus.
0: With the NCA announcing November 25th as the start date for the season. Where do things stand for Coach Dooley and his staff for non-conference games that they had scheduled, and how are things going for remaining non-conference games?
1: Yeah, it, it's changed a, a lot um, so much that, that yeah, I don't have an exact, you know, kind of clear yeah. idea or answer with it. But but I know um, I think they're looking at you know maybe one or two of those tournaments, you know, to to get a handful of non-conference games in that way we can do it all at one venue, mm-hmm. knock it out you know, play three or four teams in three or four days. Um, so it's a condensed schedule. And I I think I seen, saw the, uh, even yesterday or last night, the Americans thinking it of 20 conference games or 20 games. total. so, um, so yeah, non-conference wise, I don't think ECU is going to play a ton, but I know they, they were involved in a tournament anyway. I think they're weighing right now if they want to stay in that or not. And they they probably will, or do they want to go to a, a different one or what? But, um, Yeah, I think they're looking at one of those situations um, as a tournament and then maybe having one or two uh, games in December, a non-conference game. Again, the North Carolina thing really works out well because you have UNC Wilmington, the Campbell, Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of teams they play annually. Appalachian State, they've added the last few years here. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me if you see one of those teams, at UNCW, uh, even Gardner-Webb. Uh, there's a lot of different teams in this area that they can, can take a bus to and really maybe even play the, the day of, you know, you travel up, you kind of play the game, mm-hmm. you get on the bus and you go back home and you, you don't worry a whole lot about flights and travel and that type of stuff. So I think it'll be a little bit of a mix and match, but I don't think they're going to have a very large non-conference schedule. My guess is maybe just a handful of games or whatever kind of fits best with the tournament. Um, and maybe a game or two, uh, in addition.
0: Assuming everything is official with the conference going to 20 games for this year, 20 conference games. What are your thoughts on that 20 games for the conference?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, it, you know, I, um, the thing that I worry about big picture with all sports, with the American again, is the travel. Um, Mm -hmm. so I still kind of have a wait and see approach with that because, um, you know, again, as you know, I think football comes first and if football sure. can't pull off a, a schedule with flights and, and, you know, traveling from Tulsa to Temple to Central Florida to Greenville to Houston, you know, if if that can't work in football, I have my serious doubts that I can work in basketball multiple times a week or nonetheless a volleyball program or soccer trying right. to make those trips um cuz i mean you know it's not a knock on the american it's a really good league but geographically it's not a good league you know what yeah. i mean Very <laughs> out. Reason, yeah i mean it's the reason why the sec only wants to play football against each other because mississippi state can play mississippi and florida can play georgia and you know it, it's somewhat confined it, um so yeah i mean that's my general first thought not to go straight to the covid travel route but mm-hmm. you know Um, I I hope they pull it off, you know, and and again, to me, that that starts with football. I really hope they pull off football and the travel doesn't just create too many problems where that has a trickle down effect to the other sports. And just talking from other coaches at ECU, even down to a, a volleyball coach, a soccer coach, basketball, whatever. They are very much in that same mindset is the sense that I get as well, that they want football to work and pull it off. That can only help the other sports. So, um, yeah, that, that's where I'm kind of at with it now. And um, basketball-wise, the American is deep. Obviously, I mean, it, it's a good league. Like we talked about earlier, there's a handful of teams that are in consideration for the NCAA's usually, and um, it's not easy for ECU. I mean, it, you you stack uh, Houston and Wichita State and Cincinnati and those teams' history against ECU, it, it, it's not even close. Obviously, so. Uh, if it was a game of history and tradition, the Pirates would be in big trouble. Um, but they're more or less working, uh, toward the future and, and trying to, to step up to that level, um, right now for sure. With football,
0: uh, for the conference games, is the plan to bust to the games or to fly? Do you know that?
1: I mean, I, I don't know how you can bust, to be yeah. honest, I mean, at least in an ECU situation. Um, Temple is, is drivable. Um, Cincinnati maybe is drivable. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they, all indications I I have seen is there's going to be flights, chartered flights. Like tomorrow, uh, you know, this week, ECU's first game is against Central Florida. Mm -hmm. Central Florida, um, and ECU are getting COVID tests Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And after that Friday test, UCF in Florida is waiting until those results come back. The game is 100% cleared. Let's do it. And then they're flying to Greenville the day before. So, okay. um, so yeah, there's, that's what I was kind of getting at earlier. There's a lot that, that's going into this football thing. Um, aside, aside from UCF against South Florida, I'm sure that's a lot easier to pull off or, uh, you know, a couple of the Houston or Texas teams or maybe, you know, Tulane, you can throw in that mix, but, with ECU, uh, there's nobody close. Uh, again, yeah. when, when Temple and Cincinnati are your closest conference teams, and those are a handful of states away, uh, that adds a, a lot of logistics. So uh, as far as I know, they're going to be flying to all conference games. And and again, that means you have to wait until you know you have a game um, before you actually board that flight and, and you know, get up in the air and, and start your destination.
0: And you, you touched on the travel aspect of it is there what is the thought on campus of ECU being in the american is it beneficial are there more benefits are there more, more pros and cons to being in the american for ECU
1: yeah it varies but i think people who really understand it get it um that that financially there's no question it, especially okay. with the the new T B deal just worked out the sbn um I mean, ECU and probably a lot of other schools in the American and nationwide are having issues right now fi- with finances during the pandemic. I couldn't imagine where ECU would be at if they were still in Conference USA because okay. um, you're dealing with the same travel. I mean, Conference USA, They used to a lot of the teams in the American used to be in Conference USA right. and it was the same travel. So it's not like ECU could say, oh, we're going to go back to Conference USA and save money you're really not, you know, you would go back and have the same travel issues and be bringing in less revenue from TV and exposure, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I think there's some people who maybe don't understand all the finances and the model of revenue and TV that say, well, why, why is ECU playing Tulsa and playing Houston and playing Tulane? Um, but again, when you look at, there's not a whole lot of other options unless somehow they are granted a like a lucky wish and they join the ACC and they get to play NC State and UNC and that type of thing. Um, and make a lot of money for it to be in that conference, which is probably never, ever going to happen. Um, the Americans, the best fit uh, again, uh, you know, the, the geography is, is far from ideal. It's not great, but financially and competitiveness and the exposure you get in football and basketball, especially. And ECU is the best baseball program in the conference. Um, if you look at those three sports, cause ECU, and it sounds weird to say, cause probably a lot of schools in the American don't care much about baseball or it's not a big deal, but it's a huge deal here at ECU. I mean, baseball and basketball, a lot of years are neck and neck as far as interest with fans, honestly. Okay. Um, cause it's a, it's a national type program every year with baseball. Um, so the competition and exposure is no doubt it's a great league. Um, and the finances are big with the ESPN deal. So I, I, I think most people, if you poll it and they really know what, what they're understanding and, and talking about, they're going to say the Americans a good league for ECU. It's just the, um, the travel to me right now is heightened. The, the negative of the travel and geography is heightened because of COVID. If, it, hmm. if COVID wasn't a thing, geography and travel is still not great, but probably not as much of a, a. a a limitation or as big of a deal as it is right now, just because everything we're, we're dealing with, nobody wants to get on a flight right now. You know, I mean, I used to cover, um, uh, we cover, I cover every single football game, no matter what, you know, we've been to Hawaii bowls, um, you know, every, you know, every single flight in the American, um, and I'm not traveling this year. uh, I'm covering games from my couch. So that just, is a personal story about, yeah, I mean, getting on flights is, uh, is not encouraged. And not something a lot of people want to do right now. And that plays into, uh, this league and and its games.
0: Well, you lead into one of my next questions about travel. How many games, like for basketball, did you go to road games, um, in last season or previous seasons?
1: Not in the, in the conference, because again, I mean, um, but you know, UNCW, if they play in NC State, a Campbell, um, even a, you know a VCU or a Richmond maybe if it's if it's in Virginia North Carolina South Carolina um, definitely have made those trips before anything that's drivable with mm-hmm. basketball usually and again do the same for baseball. ECU plays a lot of baseball you know ACC schools and usually if it's drivable, hey let's let's go make that trip. It's easy to do um, but football is the only sport where again we used to um, go no matter what um, no matter what, what I mean BYU, uh, at you know, say ECU at BYU four or five years ago. You know, we made that flight. Um, but but usually that's a football only thing, um, okay. just because it's it's such a different animal and that there's one game a week. I mean, that right. you know, there's one game. I mean, right now this year, ECU has nine games. Uh, that's different from hey, get on this basketball flight to go play Houston and then come back and there's another game three days later. Well, right. You know, there's. The, it, it's just a different setup from just my standpoint and the, um, you know, my outlet, the, the newspaper's standpoint. Um, so yeah, basketball usually has to be a driving thing. And again, in the American, that's, uh, that's, that's not many, if at all, for, for ECU. How, how has
0: work at the paper changed for you in terms of going to digital, going online? You know, from I think 10 or 12 years ago, how things changed.
2: At the reflector.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, obviously it's changed a ton. Um, you know, I I could probably tell a a ton of stories here, but, um, I I remember, I mean, maybe my easiest story from, from my personal experience is I remember when I first kind of started, I was on the high school beat, you know, kind of working my way up, but we went into the office every day at at four o'clock. Um, and that was when our shift started. You went Mm -hmm. in at four. You know, you worked on whatever your stories, your layout for print, whatever it was through the night and you wrapped it up at the end of the night because that was kind of the, the news cycle, mm-hmm. you know, that you print out the paper and the next morning, whatever we worked on the night before is what everybody got as news. And then you restart the next day. Um, and, and it slowly just kind of shifted where it was like, Hey, I can't sleep until 11 or noon and wait until four o'clock to, to go Nights. to work because. Yeah, you know, the news can happen at 11 p.m., it can happen at 6 a.m., it can happen at 2 p.m., you know, it's a, the the news cycle it, to me is the thing that's changed the most. Um and, and that obviously has led to as you said the digital side because it's mm-hmm. not oh it's 8:30 a.m., this story just broke. I'm working on this. I'm going to wait until later and then do this tomorrow. You know, it's okay, this just happened. I need to get this online the next 30 minutes and I need right. to tweet about it immediately, you know, so the news cycle is the main thing to me. Um, you, you know, that's good and bad, I guess it's good because mm-hmm. it keeps you on your feet. Um, and just the way you kind of operate, um, the bad, my wife would probably tell me is, you know, there's been many times we're driving to dinner or whatever and I'm, you know, trying to enjoy some, some away time and it's, mm-hmm. Oh man, this just happened. I see it on my phone. And there's not that moment of oh I can wait until later. It's right. oh you know so you're saying we have to hold our reservation for thirty minutes so you can do this on your phone. It's yeah I mean that um, that's the main thing for me personally and and you know again social life whatever the, it it's a constant thing. You're kind of always on guard and um, always working stories angles different things because um, it, it's pretty constant and twenty four seven. It's nice to to get away for a beach weekend or a vacation or whatever mm-hmm. every now and then, because you definitely need it. Um, compared to when I first started, it was much more of a, I feel like a regular kind of day and night schedule where now it's, gotcha. it's morning, day, night, weekends, you know, whatever, at any time, um, the stuff can happen and you kind of have to be ready to react.
0: How, how big is basketball in the state of North Carolina?
1: It's huge. Um, it, and I grew up in, uh, Garner's right outside the Raleigh area, right in the middle of NC State, Duke, North Carolina, um, kind of ACC country. Um, and moved here, obviously, to Greenville. Um, and it's a little different. Um, but still that it resonates from the far, of the mountains all the way to the beach. And that's the tough thing for ECU is, especially in basketball season, you could go, to the local grocery store or a Walmart or whatever, you know, go around town and talk to people. Say, "Hey, who's your favorite college basketball team?" Not a lot of people are gonna say, or at least it's gonna be mixed. I don't say not a lot, but it's gonna be mixed. Um, mm-hmm. People might say, "Oh, I'm ECU, no matter what." uh, Ice hockey, I'm an ECU fan, or you know, right. but some of them will say, "Well, I like ECU football, but I root for Duke and basketball." Um, Or I'm a Carolina fan in basketball. But in football, I'm definitely all about the Pirates. There's a lot of, of that. And again, that, you know, some people get mad about that here in Greenville. Oh, you can't do that. And that's not fair. Um, you know, to me, whatever. I mean, it, yeah. you know, it, it, it's ACC country, um, especially again, that in Raleigh, the central part of the state, um, that's why Duke and North Carolina go to Final Fours and win national championships and have a following. That following stretches across the state. Um, you know, that's just the reality of the situation. And that's kind of what makes it tough for ECU to compete Um, recruiting wise in state because they don't have that tradition. They don't right. have that massive following. I mean, you know, uh one of my one of my friends went to Vegas um uh, a few years ago and, and said, hey, man, I saw all these Duke T-shirts. Uh, you know, it's like Duke, which is in Durham, North Carolina, has a following that's nationwide. North Carolina mm-hmm. has fans in. Wherever Michigan, Nevada, California, Texas. I mean, those, those two programs, um, have that national appeal. And certainly in the state, it, it's a huge deal. But again, for ECU, unfortunately, that means it, it starts with the ACC. Um, and they have to realize that. And I think they do and kind of navigate around that.
0: And with, with that, does Coach Dooley and his staff spend more time recruiting outside of Carolina? President in in state?
1: I think it's a mix. I think they want to to get in state kids. Um, you know, and they had one um it, there's a, a ton of recruiting stories usually go with that. Um Pediford was the the guard's name, a point guard they were really on and, and looking at. He liked him. That was during this off season. Mm-hmm. And uh he they were pretty confident they were gonna get him. Louisville offered last minute and he went to the A C C. He signed mm-hmm. with Louisville. You know, so, so that's kind of the problem. Um, Again, like I talked about earlier, if you have a, especially in East North Carolina, if there's somebody they really like, they have to get on early and form that bond. And, hey, we were the first ones to offer for you. Right. Uh, we were the first ones to, to do this and that. We know your family and your dog and what you, you know, whatever. Like that, it, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of effort to do that because, again, all it takes a lot of times is, well, that person grew two inches and then Wake Forest offered or right. NC State came in late and it's tough. Again, the ACC thing is real here and uh it's tough for a kid from Kenston or Greenville or Wilson or wherever to get that offer from NC State or obviously Duke or UNC and say, ah, I'm going to go to ECU instead because they were on me first. That's a tough call. And they've gotten some of them, not many, Um so th- there's a reality and a danger about going too heavy in North Carolina because if you're ECU or your UNC Wilmington or your Campbell or UNC Greensboro, you know you're getting that third, fourth option. You know you're not getting the best kid north in the state, of North Carolina. There's no chance. Right. Um. So you got to be creative. And again, with with this round right now with Coach Dooley, they went the transfer route before last year and said, "Hey, we're going to add JUCOs." Um. You know, and, and again, Jaden Gardner was a great find. That was a really good recruiting job. Um, and that worked out well. Um, so there's a mix. Definitely uh, you want to get, you want to have a good presence here, but you also have to, to think outside the box a little bit because you're not going to just get by with in-state kids at, at a school like UCU.
0: How far is Greenville from Gastonia?
1: Gastonia. Uh, so that's right outside Charlotte. So, the between three and four hour range. Okay, so
0: that's kind of OK. Yeah. I know U of H has gotten a few from from that area. So i was just wondering how close it was to Greenville.
1: Yeah, it's it's a sh- suburb of Charlotte for sure. So it's the western part of the state. I mean, ECU is about an hour and 15 minutes from the beach. Mm-hmm. So it's much closer to the coast than it is to, to that Charlotte area for sure. OK,
0: is there who is in basketball in conference? Does ECU have a rival? A main rival, bitter rival.
1: Um, no. Uh, to be honest, no. Okay. You know, I mean, I I don't think so. Um, I, I think it varies maybe from season to season, or uh, if there's an interesting matchup, or uh, I feel like ECU and South Florida for a while were, to be honest, the bottom two teams and trying to fight out that kind of last place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of bottom of the the order. Deal. I don't know if that makes it a rivalry. Obviously, that's not a good way to have a rivalry. In right. And, and, and USF kind of shot up and, and is more in the middle of the pack consistently these last few years. So, um, so yeah, to be honest, I, I don't think they do. Um, I think in football, they had a rivalry with Southern Miss going when they were in conference USA for a while and Marshall, they have a lot of ties to, um, so there's some football ones that make a little more sense, but, but I think in basketball, um, again, I think UNC Wilmington is much of, more of a rival than any of the conference teams. Um, and that's something that might develop a, as really, first of all, ECU gets better and develops some intense moments and intense wins or intense games. But yeah, I, I can't really pick one, to be honest. If I was just picking one, I'd probably be BSing it. Kind of in faking it. So, um I don't think there is.
0: Okay. Ronnie, we're almost done. And thank you very much for doing this. Yeah. Added to that, piggybacking on that, is there anybody in the conference that ECU fans will come to see?
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a better uh, approach to it. I, I okay. would say. Um, and, and again, when you're ECU and you're the, the bottom level or bottom tier of a league like this, that's a lot of the draw sometimes. Okay. ECU has a, fa- a passionate fan base, for sure. So um when Cincinnati comes in, uh, get Wichita State a few years ago, when they were top 10, top 5 in the country, 5, 6, somewhere in there, the place was packed. It was sold out. Um Because when you're the Pirates and you're a Pirate fan, it's, hey, not so much you want to see the other team, but I want to see if, if we can upset this team, I think okay. that's where a lot of the, the bit, you know, if you get the really large crowds, it's not because, Oh man, this is a rivalry game or this is whatever it's. Oh, Cincinnati's ranked 12th in the country. I want to be there to storm the court, you know, right. you know be yeah. on ESPN two, And I, I, that's the draw that that ECU has with its crowds right now. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing in the American again, because you're going to play ranked teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Connecticut fell off and they left the league, obviously, but um Connecticut was a huge draw, uh, when they were, you know, the last two or three years. Um, but, but Cincinnati, Wichita State, any team that's ranked, you know, Houston obviously has been ranked the last few years when they've played here, um, even though they have, have completely owned and crushed ECU compared to some of the other ranked teams in the league, um, there's there's a big crowd and again ECU has a a small venue, basketball venue that you're kind of especially the students are right on top of the uh the court. Um it's kinda of like Cameron Indoor Stadium in a in a weird way, like Duke. It's just a small okay. hot, cozy type of environment. Um and it can get loud. You know, and again, there's a lot of non conference games against some random teams where there's not many people there and it's kind of a sleepy atmosphere. Uh, but when you get a ranked team from the American in there, um people show up, you know, and again they want to see ECU win. They want to see the team succeed. So, um, so yeah, I, the fan base definitely shows out for basketball. It's just not consistent. It's kind of hit or miss. And, and again, it depends on the opponent, really, in my opinion, more than, than anything.
0: In your opinion, what would be win-win <coughs> successful season for ECU this year?
1: Um, I, I think they need to get to 500 okay. at some point. You know, I mean, they, they've done it, um, kind of the, the golden of the, the Jeff Lebo era. They won the CIT championship, the tournament, um, had a, had, you know, had a winning season. I think a few winning seasons during that era that at this point was five, six, seven years ago. So they've had a run of losing seasons and some, some rough records, honestly, the last few years that you look at two, three, four years ago. So. I think getting to 500 and ideally just having a winning season. I mean, it, you know, if you go, depending on the number of games, I mean, if it's 14 and 12 or 13 and 10 or whatever it might be,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that, that's a win. Um, cause again, just having a winning season, I, I think is a, a realistic goal at some point while Jaden Gardner is here. Um, you know, I don't think they're an NCAA tournament type team or not, you know, you don't, go into the season saying we're going to make a final four, a sweet 16. Um That's a goal for every team for sure. It's not, they don't want to do that, but I think a big first step is just getting a winning season. Um, Regardless of what that number might be, that that's the next kind of barrier they need to get to and then build on that. You know, if you finish 12 and 12, then the next year try and go 15 and 10 or, you oh. know, whatever it might be. So, um, I think honestly that getting five to 500, getting a winning record would be a huge deal for this program, um, as soon as possible or as soon as they can.
0: Okay. Ronnie Woodward of the Daily Reflector. Is there anything that you want to mention uh, that we have? I got one more thing to ask you, but, uh, okay. is there anything that you want to mention that we haven't discussed so far?
1: No, I, I've enjoyed it. So I think we're good. Yeah. Whatever, uh, whatever answer we have, we can, we can go for it.
0: Okay. How can folks find you on Twitter and social media?
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, w 11 is my Twitter handle. Um, and, and like everybody else in the world, that's where, uh, I'll lead to, to story links and coverage and, and that type of thing. So yeah, right now, um, to be honest, even though this is a, a basketball, uh, deal here, uh, football is a huge deal, um, and a huge part of our coverage. So I am, and well, maybe not 100, but 90, whatever percent in football mode and going to ease into basketball here, you know, the next few weeks and next month or so. Um, but that overlap for sure with football still going on and basketball starting up is a busy time. So have that coming, coming up and and, and busy, but that's why we kind of do it, you know, so you enjoy it as well. And, um, yeah, thanks for the the plug there. Definitely on Twitter, Ronnie W 11 is the follow. And, um, yeah, go from there. So just kind of grinding it out and, and go getting through football right now and then uh, then basketball and then the spring. Again, baseball is really a really big deal. So those are the three main things um, that I focus on. I covered the women's basketball team a little bit as well, um, and, and they have kind of a new coach um, mm-hmm. that, that I think is very similar to Ju- Joe Dooley of trying to build the thing up. So um, those programs are pretty, pretty similar, and um, so I'll, I'll hit men's and women's basketball here um, pretty soon.
0: Will you, or have you flown for baseball games? Like, did you come to Houston for matchups like that in the past?
1: No, we will, not for regular season stuff, okay. um, but definitely uh, in the postseason for regionals and super regionals. Um, that, that kind of goes into the football mold of, we'll go, you know, I went to, to Texas Tech. ECU had a super regional. Mm-hmm. Um, handful of years ago, you know, went to that Texas Tech series for a super regional and, um, went to Miami the year before, so when they travel in the postseason, um we typically go but but during the regular season um if it involves a plane ticket and a flight which are which are not cheap usually on the fly um uh, we'll hold out until the postseason for that with baseball
0: is baseball expected to win again in their conference
1: yeah, definitely um I would think that would probably be the preseason favorite um there in a they're in a really good groove right now. And, um, yeah, they're, they're a regional type team every year. The last few years, they've hosted a regional here. So that's been nice on the, on the pocket and on the, the travel mm-hmm. budget and whatnot is, uh, being good enough to, to host regionals and NCAA events here in Greenville. Um, it's good for the team and, and, and huge for the fans and that type of thing. Um, so that's kind of their goal every year, honestly, in baseball is to host here and, and ideally be in Greenville the whole time until you get to the College World Series uh in Omaha. But um but yeah, there's definitely times when they have to travel in the postseason as well. And um yeah, they're they're a legit top twenty five type program um in baseball and, and that should be the case again. They have a really good coach, one of the best coaches in the country, who's uh who's been looked at by a lot of SEC schools and big time programs. Um, but he's an alum, he's an eastern North Carolina guy and really wants to stay here and and keep building that thing. And uh yeah, they have that thing rolling uh for sure. They they're one of the best programs, top fifteen, twenty type program in the country, I feel like right now.
0: Okay, that's a great way to end it right there. Ronnie Woodward of Delio Reflector, I thank you very much for your time and uh we'll keep in touch.
2: All right. Thanks man. Appreciate it.
0: Take care.